I was a park ranger at an American national park, known for its lush forests and towering mountains. The stillness of the night was only broken by the occasional hoot of an owl and the rustling of leaves in the gentle breeze. I was on patrol in my jeep, scanning the surroundings for any signs of danger or disturbance. As I drove down a remote road, I suddenly saw a light in the distance. I decided to check it out. As I got closer, I realized that the light was moving, almost as if it was alive. I couldn't explain it, but I had a feeling that something was off. I got out of my jeep and approached the source of the light, my hand instinctively reaching for my flashlight. To my shock, what I saw was a ghostly figure, its translucent body glowing eerily in the moonlight. The ghost was dressed in tattered clothes and had a wicked grin on its face. I felt a chill run down my spine as the ghost suddenly burst into a fit of evil laughter. I tried to talk to the ghost, to find out what it wanted, but it just disappeared into the woods, leaving me confused and scared. I quickly jumped into my jeep and drove back to the park headquarters, unsure of what had just happened and what the ghost wanted from me. The next morning, I couldn't shake off the feeling of unease from the night before. I told my colleagues about the ghost, but they didn't believe me. They thought I was just imagining things, but I knew what I saw. I decided to investigate further and started to gather information about the history of the park. I found out that the park was built on sacred Native American land and that there had been several reports of ghost sightings over the years. Days went by, and the ghost continued to haunt me. I would see it at night, always laughing and taunting me. I couldn't sleep or eat, and my colleagues were starting to become worried about my mental state. One night, I finally couldn't take it anymore. I grabbed my flashlight and headed back to the spot where I saw the ghost. I called out to it, demanding to know what it wanted from me. Suddenly, the ghost appeared, its form becoming more solid. It told me that the park was built on sacred land, and that it was angry that its resting place had been disturbed. The ghost demanded that I help it put the spirits of its ancestors to rest by performing a sacred ceremony. I knew that I had to do what the ghost asked, and I worked with local Native American leaders to perform the ceremony. After the ceremony was complete, the ghost finally disappeared, and I was able to sleep peacefully for the first time in weeks. From that day on, I made sure to respect the land and the spirits that inhabited it, and I never saw the ghost again. But I will never forget that frightening encounter and the lesson it taught me about the importance of respecting the dead and the land they call home. However, my colleagues and I started to notice strange occurrences happening around the park. Trees would shake for no reason and strange whispers could be heard in the wind. Some of the visitors even reported seeing ghostly apparitions in the woods. We soon realized that the ghost was not the only one who was angry. There were others who had also been disturbed by the park's construction, and they were seeking revenge. One night, I received a distress call from one of the camping sites. When I arrived, I found that several tents had been destroyed and several people were missing. I searched the surrounding area and eventually stumbled upon a clearing where I saw the ghostly apparitions standing together, holding the missing people captive. I realized that I had to do something to stop them, but I was only one person against many angry spirits. I remembered the ceremony that I performed with the Native American leaders and knew that I had to perform it again, this time with the help of my colleagues. 
we gathered together and performed the ceremony, calling upon the spirits of the land to restore balance and peace. To our surprise, the ghostly apparitions disappeared and the missing people were released unharmed. From that day on, the park was at peace and the spirits that had once haunted it were finally at rest. I learned that sometimes the things that scare us the most can teach us the greatest lessons and that the land we live on must be respected and honored. My friends and I used to camp a lot in the El Dorado National Forest. We had a spot along Sofiago Springs we used to camp at a lot. One weekend we decided to go for a three-day foraging camp. We brought in MREs in case we couldn't find anything, some guns and some supplies to set up shelter. But that's about it. First night was chill. We cooked a bunch of crawdads and a squirrel my buddy shot. Drank a few beers we'd brought and slept fine. Next day, something felt off to me. One of my friends who was with me, and I had had some really creepy experiences in this part of the forest in the past, and it felt a bit like those. Forest was dead silent, and you felt like something was watching you. I grew up in the woods, so I know the signs of a predator. But this felt different than a bear or a mountain lion. When night fell, my friends went 200 yards or so up the stream to do some stuff, and I was alone in camp. The feeling got even stronger, so I built up the fire nice and big and grabbed a gun. I kept hearing faint voices from the woods in the opposite direction of where my friends went. They were low, indistinct sounds, but they were creeping me out majorly, and my buddies had taken the only two flashlights, poor planning in hindsight. As I peered out into the darkness, I caught a glimpse of something moving fifty yards or so out in the trees. I snapped the rifle to my shoulder and got the scope on it. It was pretty dark, and the only light was from the fire, but I could see the outline of what I was aiming at. It looked human, but was on all fours, and its arms seemed a lot longer than they should. It stood a bit like an ape, but very low to the ground. I only saw it for a second before it loped off deeper into the woods. After I lost track of it, I'd hear light rustling in different directions around the camp, leaves scuffling, the occasional twig breaking, always away from where my friends went, in the 180% on the other side of the camp from their departure. I got the sense that whatever it was, it was stalking me. I kept the fire high and was staying sharp looking out into the woods, but I didn't see it again. My buddies came back about ten minutes later to find me a paranoid wreck glassing the tree line with the scope. I told them what happened, and they got quiet. Then told me the reason they came back when they did is they started hearing the same shit I did over by where they were at, and it spooked them. We spent the second night of our trip with a big-ass fire and three lookouts. Nobody slept that night. In the morning, we broke camp as quick as we could and hightailed it out of there. We never camped in that spot again. My experience is from late 2006, just before winter break of my freshman year of college. I went to a small college in rural western Pennsylvania, and the freshman parking lot was on the edge of campus up against some state game lands. We'd go out there a couple of nights a week to smoke some weed, and that night went to our usual spot in a clearing with a fallen log to sit on just past what you could see from the parking lot. 
though we could see the lights from the lot through the trees behind us. Now, I'm sure you're already thinking it was probably just the weed. But we were veteran smokers, had just started smoking that night, and had been smoking out of the same bag previous nights without any weird things happening. We packed a bowl and had maybe one hit each as we sat there talking quietly. It was winter, and this night was particularly cold. Like in the teens, Fahrenheit but very still, no wind, almost nothing making sound out in the woods where we were. I took my first hit and handed the bowl and lighter back to my friend, then looked up to exhale. That's when I saw it through the smoke. A humanoid face in the trees on the other side of the clearing, opposite the parking lot. It was just above a branch that it had a hand wrapped around. I think it had three fingers with a very long, narrow thumb, that stuck out several inches past its other fingers, each tipped with a pointed nail. As the smoke cleared, I got a better look at its face. Very pale, almost grayish skin. Bald, no eyebrows, no either hair of any kind. No ears that I could see. Big eyes relative to its head that were very dark in color. Catching just a little bit of light from the lights of the parking lot behind us, which made them seem kind of reflective. I didn't get a great look at the nose or mouth as I was fixated on the eyes, but from what I recall, they seemed small relative to its head compared to a human. I tapped my friend's knee and quickly glanced over at him to see if he saw it as well, and he was starting at it too, so it's something we both saw independently. I looked back at it just as it released its hand from the branch, revealing very long, thin fingers to match the thumb, and then it moved backwards out of our sight without making a sound, even though there were dry leaves all over the ground. I'd guess only about five seconds actually passed during this span, but it felt much longer and there was this odd calm over the whole situation. As soon as it was out of sight, however, my friend and I both felt intense fear and we ran back to the parking lot. It was in such a panic that he didn't realize he had stuffed the still-smoking bowl into his coat pocket and dropped the lighter. We ran to the opposite side of the lot from the woods, where there was a road, some cars passing, and some other students walking around where we finally felt safe. There was an initial, oh my God, did you see that? What was that? Kind of conversation before we calmed down and talked about the details of what we saw, which matched up perfectly. The only thing he noticed that I didn't was that he said he didn't think it even had a mouth. We thought maybe it was a classic gray alien or something, but knew no one would believe us and didn't tell anyone else. The next day, we went back to the spot in the woods and found our lighter standing up right on the log we were sitting on. The odds of it falling and landing like that are very, very low, adding another creepy factor. Did this thing find it and put it there? We also walked over to the tree where we saw it and found the branch it was grasping. It was a good ten, twelve feet above the ground. No stumps, no rocks, no lower branches. That it could have been standing on, so it had to be tall to appear there. Weirdly, the leaves on the ground had been disturbed all around the area beneath the tree. Not like just tracks or something, but it was as if something had intentionally brushed the leaves away and then dug some shallow holes. Maybe four, six of them about six, eight inches deep and two, three inches wide. My friend was a biology major who had been an Eagle Scout. 
and now works in a state park, so he knew a good deal about most of the area's wildlife and didn't know of anything that would disturb the ground in that fashion. Plenty of animals dig, but they don't sweep away an area, probably five feet x five feet, of leaves like that just to dig a couple of holes like that. He couldn't find any other tracks leading away from the area either. We never went back out there after dark again and never saw it again either. Anyway, that's my possible encounter with a crawler. Make of it what you will. This took place at some point between 12 and 13. 30 last night. For context, I'm a programmer and do most of my work on commission for us clients, so I live pretty nocturnally. Finishing at around 12, I decided to go for a walk to get my head out of the programming mindset so I could actually get some sleep. It's midsummer here, and there was a decent amount of moonlight, so this wasn't really outside my normal behavior. After walking for about 15 minutes, I reached the furthest street from my house, as I live in a very small town. This street runs along a large embankment, which is next to a biking track and a bit of forest that separates it from the river. As I got there, I turned right to loop back into town. This is when I actually saw the crawler. My first conclusion was that it was a horse, because it was standing on all fours in the middle of a paddock, and there are plenty of horses around this area. I quickly realized that it wasn't, though. Once I noticed a small group of sheep huddled in the corner of the field, which allowed me to get a sense of scale. Once I understood what I was looking at, I quickly crouched down and tried to hide in a patch of tussock near the footpath but it had already seen or heard me. It took a few alarmingly quick steps toward me, and I thought it might charge at me for a second, but it stopped just as fast and just sat there staring. After maybe ten minutes, it turned and sped off toward the river without making a sound. Once it was well and truly gone, I got up and began to head home again, but I backtracked instead of walking along the river road like I would usually. I'm pretty sure I saw it again out of the corner of my eye, as I was turning the corner onto my street. Here are some things I noticed. It was actually a dull pink color, like overboiled meat, rather than pure gray. It had the same sunken dark pits for eyes that I see others describe. And at first I thought it had no mouth, but it actually seemed to have an overly large mouth and a lack of lips, making it appear mouthless. Rather than appearing emaciated or bony, it was weirdly smooth and I couldn't see the outline of its ribs or anything. I put smooth in quotes because it was wrinkly, but not lumpy or bony. When it moved, it wasn't running on all fours. Instead, it ran on its feet and used its hands to steady itself on objects like fence posts and the ground if nothing else was around. It was mainly balanced on the balls of its feet, like a person squatting. My best guess as to its speed would be around 80 based on how quickly it crossed the road. When it was near me, everything went dead quiet. And I don't mean just the animals, insects, and stuff. Even the sounds of the river were basically inaudible. And I don't recall even hearing my own breathing. Anyone else heard of this? I don't remember the year. But I was in winter, I think, like 2016 or around then. I had an experience with what can only be described as uh, Draugr or Ghoul. Me and my friend drove past it in New England. 
It was on a dark street, but it gave the most horrible feeling. Near my old house, where a lot of creepy stuff happened. Paranormal stuff. The house was old and haunted. Stuff would move, doorknobs would turn, etc., but this was unrelated to the incident. Both me and my friend experienced it, and we were both like maybe it was just a person. But we both got this horrible sensation, and it just definitely wasn't. I was really sick at the time and got even sicker. Definitely felt malevolent to both of us, and we both found ourselves looking out the window that night with a feeling like it had followed us home. Last night, a party composed of fifteen men and boys, all of them armed, set out in quest of the strange animal that is alleged to have its lair in a cavern along the Swatara Creek. The net result of the expedition is that one member of the party claims that he got a glimpse of the mysterious monster and fired a shot at it and missed. That is, he presumes that he failed to hit the beast, as he claims that it shook its head savagely and ran away. Another member of the party verifies this story and says the animal disappeared in Adam Bolt's meadow. This morning another party, comprising twenty men, visited the vicinity of the cave. While several were watching the place a cry was heard and the watchers turned and saw the creature bathing in the Swatara a short distance south of where they were standing. Several shots were fired but all were without effect. Members of this party described the creature as an animal weighing between 200 and 300 pounds, light in color and having a sandy head. Mr. Malfair, a reputable citizen, asserts that he has seen the mysterious visitor running about in Mr. Rasp's Meadow, between the Swatara and the Quitapela. But one farm in the vicinity heads of 23 chickens were found. Some lay the slaughter to the beast and others say it would not take the bodies and leave the heads. Others claim that they have watched the cave on the Swatara and have seen nothing in the shape of an animal in that vicinity except chipmunks. Buddy and I left camp in my rig to grab some firewood. A couple miles down the road, we came around a corner and saw a sheep herder we'd met earlier, open rangeland, talking to a guy in the middle of the road. As we got closer, we could see the other guy had a pistol pointed in the face of the sheep herder. We throttled down to break up whatever was going on, but the guy with the gun took off when he saw us barreling down the road. The sheep herder didn't speak English. From Peru, working in the States, to send money back to his family, and was scared out of his mind. Him and his five hundred sheep ended up camping with us that night, where we shared dinner and tried to communicate with hand signals. My fiancé and I hiked into some forest in Ontario. We had a friend drop us off at the side of an old logging road in the middle of nowhere, and we hiked into the woods due east. The road ran north-south, so basically all we had to do was, was stay due east hiking in and due west hiking out, and we would reach the road again for our rendezvous at a predetermined time a couple of days later. There are no natural predators this far south, such as bears or wolves. So for protection, I only brought a K-bar knife and some bear spray in case coyotes took an interest in our two dogs that accompanied us. The logging road was no longer in use by any industry, and we had hiked into the woods a few kilometers, so the chances of running into another human were nile. In addition, hunting is not permitted in the area, and there is no water nearby for fishing. 
There really wasn't any reason for anyone else to be out there in the middle of the woods that far off the road. No cell service, although I did bring a flare gun and multiple flares in case we ran into trouble to signal for help. No GPS, just a compass. We were careful hiking in and didn't do anything risky to avoid injuries in this remote place. It was early fall, but it was unseasonably cold, well below freezing, lots of leaves on the ground and still on the trees, but no snow yet. We set up camp in some thick woods. You could barely see fifty feet away the trees. Bushes were so dense. We were totally isolated and felt completely safe. It was so cold and so dark at night. It was moonless and cloudy that we went to bed early to stay warm. I'm a heavy sleeper, next thing I know. I'm awakened by my dog pawing at my face. It is pitch black, and I can't even see him. I go to pet him, but something is wrong. As I touched him, I could feel his fur standing straight up, and he was completely rigid, facing the door of the tent. He was clearly on guard and very alert. At first I assumed there was a woodland creature nearby, but I couldn't shake the feeling that something was wrong. That is unusual, because I often camp alone, no problem, and I'm not easy spooked. My dog and I just stayed there frozen and alert for at least a couple of minutes. My fiancé and other dog were still asleep next to us. It was 3.30 a.m. I checked my phone after the incident. The fire was out. No moon. Complete blackness. Just as I was letting my guard down, I hear the most unexpected thing. A notification going off on a phone just outside of our tent. Maybe fifteen. Twenty feet away, and I see a faint glow. I hear a male voice mutter, Oh, oh, or something to that effect, and hear them running through the leaves away from our tent. They were clearly smacking into tree branches, etc., and swearing as they did so. At this point they turn on their flashlight as they run, and I can see the beam flailing wildly around in the woods, occasionally back onto our tent. The dogs start going ballistic. I grab my knife and look at my phone. It's 3.30 a.m. I screamed out, if you come back here, I'll blow your head off. I'm assuming he had a satellite phone, or really good cell service to get a notification like that. The other weird thing was he fled deeper into the woods and nothingness, not west towards the logging road. Needless to say, we packed up in the cold and hiked back to the road, watching our backs the entire time. We just walked down the road towards far, off civilization, until we ran into some other campers set up right next to the road, seven or eight kilometers away from where we came out of the woods. It was just after first light. They let us use their satellite phone and we called our friend to come pick us up a day early. Upon hearing our story, the campers decided they would pack up as well and get out of the area. Lesson learned. I do not camp in the wilderness anymore without a satellite phone and a 12 gauge. It was around one o'clock in the morning on a chilly pre-summer night. I am pretty sure that it was early June, but it may have been late May. A friend of mine, whose name I am not going to mention. And I were out looking for a good place to have a little campfire. He know of a campgrounds outside of Marcola, so we headed out in that direction. We took a few of the logging roads, taking mostly right turns as we tried to find the spot that he had been to. This was pretty deep into regrown logged wood, 
We finally reached our destination, a dead end about twenty feet in diameter. The location included bushes at the west, a ten-foot or so strip with no trees to the south, an embankment about eight feet high to the north and the road. We came on to the east. My friend had left his car lights on so we could see what we were doing. Nature was calling me at that moment, so I started walking back the way we came. I didn't get thirty feet before I felt like this spot was really weird. I knew that something was watching me. I turned around and walked back to the car. I stood in the middle of the headlights for a few minutes, and then started to help my friend try to build a fire out of wet sticks. When I stood up, I heard a low sound coming from behind the car. West. I looked at my friend, who had also heard it. For a moment, I thought it was the car, but cars don't make that kind of noise, which is very much undescribable. A moment later, we heard the same noise in three or four hoots. My friend went along his business. I stood in front of the car, scared as hell. To the north, I heard a bird make its song. At one o'clock in the morning, I then heard something to the south that sounded like the muffled conversation of a man and a woman. This was accompanied by a few low whistles. It was after I heard this that I noticed the sound of light footsteps coming from the north, barely audible, only I knew they had to be big walking on moss or something. By that time, my friend and I were really freaked out. I jumped into the car. He put out the fire and suddenly looked to the east, looked back at me, looking really scared. He jumped in and turned the key. Nothing happened. The car lights were still on. The battery was alive. Nothing was wrong with the car. He checked under the hood, and his solenoid was fine. Three green lights for go. We had to push start the car. We drove straight out of that forest and never looked back. When we got the, the main road, he shut his car off. It turned over and started the first try. We haven't gone back to that spot since then. Hey, everyone. I've sat on this one for a while because my friends and I can't decide what we heard, and it is still confusing to this day. Two of my buddies and I were out hunting, as this throwaway's name implies, in southwest Idaho. We were less than half a mile from the Oregon border in the Owyhee Mountains. For those who have never seen southwest Idaho or east Oregon, it is high desert, so mostly dead grass and sagebrush in this area, no trees to speak of. Our plan was to head over after work on a Friday and stay the night to hunt in the morning, and it was kind of my bachelor trip. We had done some early drives out there before the season to scout and check migration patterns, and figured staying the night out there would be best to catch this herd waking up to move. We had a late start because my friends got off a little later and we took a bit to get together and packed. In any case, we got out there after sundown, about 7.30 or 7.45 p.m. local time, so we had to find a place to pull off in the dark. Eventually, we found a somewhat suitable spot near a stream that seemed decent for the night. We didn't have a fire or anything, so we just had a couple swigs of Jaeger to celebrate my upcoming marriage, and we're talking about our plans for the next day, who goes where and where will glass, etc., sometime in the middle of the conversation. Probably after only an hour or so of being parked, there was a really odd sound, so we all stopped to listen and heard it go again. It sounded like nothing I'd heard before. It was a deep and almost nasally sounding me. Oh, oh, that got deeper and almost distorted as it went and dragged on for a couple seconds. 
It was the same sound as what made us stop and was followed by pure silence for what seemed like ten minutes. We had no firelight and very little moonlight, so it was near blackout conditions out there. We all had pistols on us and hunting rifles in the truck, but did not feel comfortable at that time. What finally broke the silence was what I could only write off as a frog, but it sounded exactly like one of those wood frog instruments just being scraped at varying speeds. This was coming from one spot on the other side of the creek, almost exactly opposite of where the first noise was. We decided at that point it wasn't worth staying up to drink, so we got in the tent and went to bed, and once the frog sound stopped a few minutes later, it was silence for the rest of the night. As we have talked about it for the past year or so, we had a couple theories. At first we thought it could have been a cow, but the weekend before and the next day we did not see any cattle. About a month before there were free-roaming cattle that I assume were moved out because this area is hunted pretty frequently, and the day we hunted was opening day. Also it was close, maybe thirty yards. If it was a cow, it would have been way louder. The wood frog sound, I thought, could have actually been a frog, but in all my time in the surrounding areas I haven't heard only one frog sounding off, and never one that sounded like this or one that was inconsistent like this. My initial thought was someone was out there messing with us, but they would have had to hike in a long ways with no light, because it was a decent-sized flat area we were in. We listened to audio of just about every odd deer and coyote sound, and nothing matched. If you guys have any ideas, let me know. It felt like the two were connected because of the proximity, but my mind tells me that can't be true. I am 16 years of age, and it is 4.27. About an hour ago, I was mowing a friend of the family's lawn and kept noticing these rocks being thrown at me. I thought that the weed eater was hitting these rocks and didn't think much of it. Well, about two minutes later, I could smell this awful B.O. smell and thought I must really have bad B.O. So I checked and I couldn't smell anything and the rock started to come back at me again. But this time I could hear laughter, but like a retarded person. I kept looking around to see if anyone was around messing with me, and nobody was there. So I just kept mowing and smelling that awful smell. Then the rock started being thrown at me, and I looked over in the woods and trees and saw this huge creature behind a tree. My hair went straight up on end, and I ran like a bat out of hell. When I got to the door, I looked back, and it was running through the trees, and the trees and bushes were moving fast, like in Jurassic Park. I know it wasn't a bear. It was too tall. And no bear can run that fast on two legs, if they can run on two legs at all. It was about eight to nine feet tall. 